Hey, everybody, this is Greg Sowers, the host of the Walk the Line podcast. Uh, before we get into today's interview, I just wanted to strongly encourage that everybody listen to this full episode. We get into a uh, former teammate, um, coach, um, and current skills coach, Jimmy Warwick's career. Uh, we dive into his playing career and how he got into coaching. Um, and then about halfway through the episode, we really get into skills coaches and what's needed and what to look for in a skills coach this summer. So if you have any interest and you're interested in learning more about what skill coaches can do um, and some of, some of Jimmy's uh, tips and expertise on the subject, I strongly encourage you listen to uh, the full episode. Um, and without further ado, here's the interview. Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. Uh, this episode, I'll be joined by Jimmy Wark. Uh, Jimmy is a former teammate of mine. We played together in college. Uh, we also coached together uh, for Marmion in Chicago, which is a high school team. Um, and Jimmy also uh, was the former co- or former host of the Ride the Pine podcast, uh, now defunct, but um, happy to bring on Jimmy Wark to the podcast. And I'm sure he's going to share a lot of information um, that'll be very um, useful for, for our listeners out there. So, uh, Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Greg, thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get to talk to you here. Yeah, and we'll go into, um, you know, obviously you're doing a lot of things now um, in the Chicago area. Um, but before we dive into all that, um, let's just start, you know, how we start or how I've started a lot of these interviews is how did, um, how did Jimmy get started on skates? So it was just really kind of weird. My parents never really had any hockey background, um, but one day, I think they, for like a birthday gift or something, someone gave me one of those plastic hockey sticks that, that you have as a kid. So I was four years old and just running around and ripping it against the wall and making marks all over the place. So my parents figured it was a good idea just to try and put me on skates. And uh, so at five years old, I did it and it just took off from there. I loved it. Never, never looked back. Yeah. And I think uh, we, a lot of guys we interview, it's a similar, just, you know, picking up the stick and they love it and they never put the stick down. But, you know, in your case, I think I being a five, six, um, hopefully you're not using that same small stick anymore. <laughs> I think on, uh, on my, on my profile, it's five, seven, maybe. I, and then some other place, some other places I put, I was five, eight, five, nine. You got to really stretch it out a little bit. Well, on skates, yeah. it's something different. Yeah. According to elite prospects, you're shrinking, man. You got five, six. So I got to call um, someone there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got, uh, so we talked about how you're, you started playing hockey, um, you know, just going from your elite prospects, but we can, we can start earlier than that. What was the first um, competitive, um, whether it be double A AA or triple A um, hockey program you're a part of? So I started off at uh, Skokie. So the Skokie Flyers, I played there for uh, up until Pee Wee. Um, and then my second year Pee Wee, we, I went to Northbrook, the Northbrook Blue Hawks. Um, we got to play. We went, uh, we won state. We went to regionals and nationals at the AA level. Um, we had uh, JT Comfer on our team, so that was obviously a big help having him. Um, <laughs> and, that, that'll, uh, that'll help. Yeah, that'll do it at that level. So, um, but uh, And then from there, I went a couple of years at Loyola Academy, uh, Played in uh, high school varsity there, and then went on to to Shattuck St. Mary's for for two years. 
Yeah, and I think um, a lot of our listeners would love to know about Shaddix, right? It's this hockey mecca, and Crosby's gone there, and you hear about you know prep schools, and um, I know we'll, we have a main topic of uh, that we'll discuss later, but I, I know our listeners would love to hear how how your Shattuck experience was, and um, if you could kind of tell, I, I, it looks like you played for the AAA team, but I know they have you know a high school and prep and. If you could just talk a little bit about your your Shattuck experience, that'd be great. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was unbelievable. I mean, I I, I was never the best student. I was one of the students that had to really work hard and do all the work and and study, and I couldn't just walk into a test and and ace it. Um, but I think what was really cool about that program and what they do is they work your hockey schedule into your school schedule. So my eighth and ninth period was practice and um every weekend that we would be going on a tournament or you know league games anything anytime we'd be out of town teachers knew months ahead of time so they could prepare for okay i'm gonna be missing this many students out of my class today i'm not gonna take a test and have these guys miss this um and it was the same for all sports over there uh you know and i think what's really cool and what they've built there is is everybody's there for a reason. Everyone has a passion there. Uh, you know, whether it's everybody has a, what they call a center of excellence. So, you know, there's hockey is obviously the main one, but there's figure skating, there's soccer, there's golf, uh, there's biology, there's acting um, pretty much all across the board. So, I mean, everybody is there from all over the world to do something that they really love to do. And it was, uh, I, I couldn't, be happier with my time there i wish honestly i I look back and wish i could have gone there all four years um but getting to go there for at least two years i met some amazing people and and definitely grew as a hockey player and a person yeah and i think um so they have the triple a team but they also so they play a prep schedule and a triple a schedule is that true or yeah so so you have the prep team and they're playing um you know they're playing your your missions uh you know they're they're playing all the the top teams in the nation. Um, and the triple A team would play a triple A schedule. Um, like when I was there, we, we wouldn't go to nationals. Now they do have that team go to nationals at a, at a level below the trip or below the prep team. Um, but it was still, you still play some solid teams. We played like Thunder Bay. Um, we would end up playing a couple of teams from, you know, a couple of teams from Michigan, you know, similar to like most triple A teams around, around the country just um not at the not at the high end level i mean i the year that i was there our prep team had like clayton keller was was a big name there um and uh there's a couple other ones that were that were on the prep team so i mean they were phenomenal team and so how does and we have a lot of parents who ask you know how do i get my kid noticed and and things like that and so with the prep school is that more of you reaching out to the school and saying, Hey, I'm interested in coming or with a, a school like Shaddix, is that coach, you know, picking his team and, and scouting for it? So for Shaddix, it was, it was actually really weird, but I did, uh, I used to do the summer camp with them all the time. So me and my buddies would go and you spend a week there. Uh, you're on the ice three times a day and you work out and you get breakfast, lunch and dinner there and you get to stay in the dorm. So, I mean, it was a ton of fun doing the camp. Um, and I told my parents at the time that I would love to, to go to school there. So after my sophomore year, um, and I just every year keep asking them, they let me 
they have what they, they just have tryouts. So, you know, you send an email to the school and they have you come for just a one day, one hour skate and tryout. And I guess they have like four or five of them during the year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, there's so many kids coming through and those, those tryouts, uh, my, mom, my mom actually told me afterward that she had me do it because, you know, she didn't want to say no, but she kind of figured that I wouldn't make it. And <laughs> sure enough, I, I got Thanks, it. Mom. And, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely an interesting moment. She, uh, everyone was surprised, but, uh, but it was, I mean, like I said, it was, it was the best thing that could have ever happened. I, that was yeah. the best two years of, of high school. I, I loved every second of it. Well, that one kind of backfired on mom, but, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, kind of, I think this will be the last question I asked about Shaddix. Um, you know, these prep schools now are, and you don't need to tell me your specific situation, uh, but you know, the prep schools and obviously college, these are expensive opportunities and they're, they're great, but you know, you do have to, pay a little bit to get into them. This, is Shaddix one of those programs that d- does offer financial aid or is it pretty much you got to fork it up? And From what I remember is that they don't, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm sure behind closed doors, there's some deals that are made just like everywhere else. Right. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, from what I understood was there wasn't, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think East coast prep schools are a little bit different than, um, than what they are. I think, you know, obviously like Shattuck and Culver, um, you know, I think that they've built something so, so well known that, you know, it's, it's not, you know, they're able to, to have the best players come to them in, in different situations. And, um, but I mean, I, and, but I agree, it's, it's yeah. becoming a little crazy with, with the prep school. And that's where I think, you know, I know we'll talk about it too, but I think that's where, where junior hockey is, is a good option for a lot of kids too. just, in, in different situations yeah and then we'll feed right into the junior conversation um after i lied and i have one more question about shaddix because i'm curious um <laughs> the so when i was playing and i i know there was prep schools where you didn't play hockey all year round and they almost forced you to play another sport um is that how shaddix operated because I, yeah. I know i had but okay yeah so i was uh you had to play a spring sport, so you still could skate. They'd have the ice there. You can go and, you know, pick up hockey or, you know, do some skills if you wanted to on your own. Um, but you had to play a spring sport, so uh, that's where I got. That's where I found my new love for for tennis. So it was. Uh, I love it. So now I still get to play tennis today, and it's. I <laughs> I wish I got to play a little bit more of it. It was actually pretty fun. Yeah, are you throwing your racket and stuff. Ah, you know, yeah. So you know, it gets heated. Even the best, even the best of them get a little mad sometimes. I've yeah, only broken yeah. a couple of rackets. It's no big deal. Well, that's good. That's great to hear. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, Shaddix. Obviously, it's one of those schools that that carries reputation, and you know, um, a lot of good talent goes through there. And obviously, it's it's still a high school. Um, and there's hockey goals after high school. Um, and I imagine playing for Shaddix got you a few pretty good looks. Um, for junior hockey. Um, and the uh, team organization you went to after Stratix was the New York Aviators. Um, now, did they in the U- USPHL Empire? Is that correct? Yes, is that, sir. Is that even still a league? No, it's not. They uh, <laughs> both the leagues I played for in uh, in New York have since either folded or um, or merged into a new league. So um, <sighs> it was uh, it was a wild run there. But it was, I mean, that was. 
playing for New York. It was so much fun. I met, you know, a lot of, a lot of good friends there that, that I'm still really close with today. And, um, you know, the coach that was there, I still work with him. So now, uh, you know, one of the jobs that I have is, is helping scouts. So I'm one of the director of player personnel, um, no longer for New York. He moved on to a new team, but, um, but I got to, to work with him and, and still working with him. It's, uh, going to New York really changed my career for sure. Yeah. And, um, you're putting up men's league numbers here for, so 14, <laughs> 2014, 15, 40 games played 91 points and 15, 16, again, for New York, you had 44 games played in 99 points. Um, <laughs> is that, you think that's just, you know, playing for Shattuck and, and coming in that much more prepared or, you know, tell me about the, how did you put up those numbers in your first two years at juniors? You know, I think you missed the best part of it too. I think one of those years I had like 99 pims. Holy, um, I've never seen you hit anybody. 96 <laughs> penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't from hitting. I think, you know, better than anyone. Oh, yeah, I never shut a, my mouth. So that was probably a, a big problem. Oh, yeah. um, there's a lot of tens in there, but that, uh, but no, I mean, it, you know, it's, I think it was a lot of things. I think it was, it was definitely, you know, obviously playing at Shedding, it helped me get to a higher level, helped me really grow my game and, and build my, um, my skill set. But um, more so over from that, it was, you know, I think it was, I had a lot more confidence going into, going into that situation. Um, you know, having played at, at Shedding, like you said, it carried a lot. And, you know, I was able to come in and, and be confident in myself and my game. Um, but I also, had a coach that truly believed in me um you know and I know like I said we'll talk about it later too but I mean just having a coach that that believes in you and is willing to to put their trust into you and give you um opportunities like it was that was the biggest thing for me you know I was you know may, could I have played at a, at a higher level maybe but you know was I going to get the amount of ice time that I got was I going to get you know the power play time the penalty kill getting all the opportunities to to have the success and put up numbers like that probably not. So, you know, for me, my, my thought was I'd rather go and play and have schools see that, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I should be playing at a little bit higher level, but I'm able to put up this much points. Right. And it's a, and like, I think we've talked about it in another podcast. It's, you know, finding a situation that fits you. There's hundreds and hundreds of paths you can take, but you don't want to, uh, go to play for uh, an organization or a level just because, you know, it has that, uh, you know, social stigma behind it. And we'll talk about our NCAA careers here in a second, but, um, you know, ha having, if you want to go play in the USHL and, or the NA or, you know, play NCAA hockey, um, there's, and you're not going to, you know, get the ice time. It's like, there's other options out there. And at the end of the day, you know, we all end up in men's league or end up playing tennis. Um, so, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine on the right fit for you. And it sounds like you did that in, in New York. Um, how did, uh, how did you come about, you know, playing for New York? Was your, did the coach scout you at Shaddix or did just a relationship prior? It was the wildest thing. I never, I was, I mean, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I didn't, I was, you know, I was pretty much in the same boat as a lot of kids these days. Like I was thinking it's, it's North American league or bust. I shouldn't be you know, I shouldn't play tier three. I, um, I mean, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I was probably a day or two away from quitting hockey and just saying, all right, I'll go to school and, um, you know, maybe play club, but, uh, a, just someone that was kind of in my network that I didn't really know too well. Um, 
he reached out to my best friend's uh, dad and asked if I was playing anywhere. And he said I didn't have a spot anywhere yet or I was still looking and kind of connected me with the coach in New York. And it just took off from there. I, I, you know, I got to talk with the coach in New York and loved everything that that Mike was saying and kind of hit on all the points of stuff that I was looking for. So, um, you know, I went from a, from a day away from probably quitting and hanging them up to, you know, now getting to do this full time and and, uh, being fully in the game. It's, it's wild how it all happens. But I mean, again, I, 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 every path I, I tell all the kids that I work with, it's every path is, is so different and everyone has a different, you know, journey to where they're going. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with, with everything that, how it unfolded. Yeah. And you were a very happy player for New York. And then we moved to Aurora. Um, <laughs> so, uh, me and Jimmy played, uh, NCAA, uh, division three hockey for Aurora university. Um, we both came in, I was there the year before you, um, but uh, yeah. So, how did your your playing in New York? Um, was it Coach Buchanan that reached out to you, or were you sending off emails? How did you end up at Aurora University? So that same, uh, my best friend's dad, um, he kind of helped uh, get Brian Dempsey in touch with me, and uh, they were going back and forth and and talking, and you know, I was. I, you know, I've, at that point I've been away from home for four years and, um, Aurora was one of the first teams to, to kind of reach out. And I just immediately was, was, was glad to, to have the opportunity to come back home and, and be close to home. And, uh, so, you know, I loved everything that, that Brian was saying. And, uh, you know, Chris Wickersham was another coach that was, that was talking to me a lot and, uh, Buchanan, the same thing. So, I mean, I, I loved the coaching staff and, uh, so I, I had no, <laughs> no worries about committing there at the time. So it was, yeah. uh, it was definitely good with that coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, it's um, obviously there's a lot of, I mean, Brian helped me out too. And, and getting, I mean, I was going to the school and uh, coach Dempsey, obviously, and you got to have people in your corner and it's all, I mean, a big part of this is, you know, making those connections and, you know, having people support you and, and put in a good word for you. And he was definitely one of those guys, um, that helped me at Aurora and sounds like he helped you too. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, so I, we don't need to get into our exact experiences, <laughs> but um, you know, personally, I, I wouldn't change a, a thing. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I, Jimmy played one year of NCAA D3. I played three and then made a decision to play club my senior year um, for a bunch of different reasons. But um, what I want to, one thing I do want to touch on with, with you, Jimmy, is, you know, you, you played 14 games your first year, um, as a freshman, um, didn't exactly rack up the, the points, but can you just talk about, you know, your experience and, you know, playing a team that, you know, we didn't, we didn't win many games, um, and just talk about, you know, now you're playing NCAA, you know, division three, you kind of, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, that was my goal to play NCAA. Yeah. And, and kind of what that, you know, reaching that goal and then ultimately what that experience was um, without, you know, being too harsh. Um, <laughs> no. uh, with that, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, you know what? It's, I, I, I was in the same boat as you. I mean, I, you know, there was, there was a lot of things stacked against, I'm sure you as well, but I mean, everybody goes through, through adversity and stuff. But I mean, for me, 
you know, like you said, I was, I was undersized. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have, you know, world renowned talent in, in any of the regard. I, you know, I think for me, I, re- I relied a lot on my skating. Um, I think I was definitely a good skater, but you know, outside of that, like I, I just wanted to make a career out of what I could with just my work ethic and compete and, and willingness to, to go through anything. So, um, you know, I, I had a old coach of mine when I, when I was kind of deciding on if I wanted to continue playing college or transfer or, you know, what I wanted to do, um, you know, he said it best. He was like, nobody would have expected, you know, you played 14 more games than anybody would have expected you to, to play NCAA. Um, you know, and I, and, you know, I thought really hard about that. It, you know, there was, there's not a lot of kids that get the opportunity to play NCAA hockey and, you know, it's definitely a grind. Um, but I was, I was extremely fortunate to, to get the opportunity to play it. You know, like you said, it didn't go about the way that I was hoping for. Obviously, I think, you know, obviously when just, you know, a lot of kids go through it, the new, the new coach comes in that didn't commit to you. Um, you know, they have, they have different agendas and, you know, whatever that may be. So, you know, but for me, it, you know, I look back on it, it, you know, after my freshman year, I was offered a coaching job and, you know, the stars kind of aligned there with what I'm doing now. So I think it, you know, I, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, us being in the same, same boat, um, you know, we, for those of you who don't know, I mean, NCAA D3 and NCAA D1, I mean, the, the skill level is, I mean, depends on the program or the school you're at, but it's, I mean, you have the, the Adrians and, and like, you know, St. Scholastica's and the Hamlin's like there's those teams compete with, and they actually end up playing D one teams sometimes throughout the year. It's, it's still very good hockey, but um, one of the things that I did want to touch on is, you know, we're coming out of juniors. I wasn't taking, you know, classes in juniors. I was just playing hockey and working and having the time of my life. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting in a classroom again. I'm the oldest freshman (laughs) ever (laughs) Van Wilder style but I mean you know you take those years off and now you're back in the classroom and you're expected to you know get your homework done you know I was I was working we were coaching together um and on top of that you're skating every day you're working out every day you have you know these team functions you have to attend um I I mean for me personally I mean a lot of my time management skills came from what I learned at Aurora just balancing all those different hats and and doing you know pretty much everything on my own, you know, mom and dad aren't around anymore. I got a college roommate paying the rent. Like it's a big life-changing experience. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to share anything about, you know, your freshman year playing uh, division three. Oh, I, I mean, I, I loved it. It was so much fun. I mean, obviously um, I agree with you as a grind. I mean, you didn't, I don't know, you didn't mention it, but we were practicing at six in the morning with our high school team. Mm-hmm. And that was just, that was just quite the setup for, for me. So I had to get, you know, getting up at like five, going to practice. Then we're going right back to the classroom. And, and let me, let me, hold on. Let me cut you off here. If I have a Jimmy Warwick is the only coach I've ever seen get on the ice at 6am consistently and not tie his skates. Absolutely. So <laughs> it, just, do it. It, it, hurt, it hurts the hands. It, it was great. I, you could, I mean, that was the blessing of having such small skates. I was told that, you know, the tighter the skate, the better you're able to skate. You know, I, I was doing anything I could to keep myself at the highest level I could play. 
So, you know, the blessing of that was you didn't have to tie them that tight if you just wanted to casually go around. So I, uh, I figured at 6 a.m., let's just kind of get out there and just go for a little flow skate. Yeah, those were – 6 a.m. is always tough, but, um, you know, not to share my own story, but, I mean, I was – I was working at that rink, so I would sometimes close the rink at like 1 a.m. I'd go back to my apartment, sleep for four hours, come back, coach Marmion. Then I'd go to class, and then we'd have our NCAA practice. Then I'd go to class again, and then I'd work after that. It's just like it was a constant grind. Oh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, let's um, – if, if, do you have anything else you'd like to touch on with Aurora? Because we can get right into your, your coaching after your, your uh, NCAA year. No, I think, you know, it was – like I said, I think it, it definitely could have gone better. I think there was a lot of things that, that went wrong on both ends on, you know, things I could have done better things. I think coaching staff could have done better there, but you know, that's all in the past. And like I said, it leads to something better now. Right. Maybe we'll have another podcast in the future about, oh, man. about that. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you get done, you get offered a coaching position um, while you're at Aurora playing. Um, and we'll just, we'll just dive right in. So how did, um, what was your first coaching gig? Uh, and if you want to start a Marmy and we can do that. Um, but yeah, what, how did, how did you get involved with, uh, with coaching after college? So, I mean, I was kind of like student coaching all pretty much since I was like 12 and I knew, I mean, I knew I was never going to play in the NHL. I was not, you know, as much as I was hoping I could, I knew I was never going to, you know, be making millions of dollars and knew there was going to have to be a, a career path for me down the line. And, um, you know, just from coaching when I was so young, I, I thought, you know, I, I really want to do this. I really want to be a coach. And, um, so after my freshman year, I was offered to coach, uh, the Chicago young Americans U18 team, um, as an assistant there. Uh, so they're now the, the windy city storm, but, um, but they, uh, so that was, I mean, I got to be an assistant coach there. On top of that, I was also scouting for uh, the Johnstown Tomahawks in the North American Hockey League. So I kind of got to do, you know, the best of both worlds. I was coaching there, uh, coaching, you know, AAA hockey at the U18 level, as well as scouting U16 and U18 players. So getting to see what teams are looking for and then trying to bring that into to my team and learning along the way from, from guys that I was working with. So, uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, then I, the second year I was lucky enough to, to get a scouting job with the London Knights and I was still coaching at CYA as well as coaching at the winter club. So it was, uh, it was definitely a grind of a schedule to be, you know, I saw, I think I watched uh, close to a hundred games for London that year. I had, you know, coaching CYA U18 again, and then also coaching a squirt team at the winter club. So it was, it was a lot of driving, a lot of stuff, but I mean, it was, you know, I'm getting to do like we talked about, I was getting to do what I love. Yeah. And, and we'll go more into, um, you know, I know you have the war hockey advantage um, in, in just a bit here, but you know, the, part of the reason I wanted to coach is, you know, I, I've had good coaches and I've had coaches I didn't agree with, um, you know, while I was playing, but, um, I mean, the, the main reason I wanted to coach is, you know, I've learned so many things from so many different people. And, you know, and I think you can say the same, like the game of hockey has given both of us so much. Like 
I essentially owe my life to it. It's, it's, I've done it since I was four years old. And, you know, at this point when our playing careers are over and, you know, I'm playing men's league, but like, you know, this, this podcast and coaching and, you know, you're always looking for a way to, to give back um, and, and help kids that were in your spot and try to move them up. And, um, you know, and you get, you get a lot of joy and seeing those kids that you had at a young age, you know, move up, whether it's, you know, their peewees moving to Bantams or, you know, I have kids in high school that are playing junior hockey and now they're playing college. Like, it's really cool to see that progression and know you had some part of that. Um, so I, I didn't know if you, what was your, I guess the question out of this, I guess, what is your motive? What was your motivation to get into to coaching? I think it was just like you were saying, it was, you know, getting to see that you're making a difference. Um, you know, my kind of like aha moment came when I was in high school, I was, um, you know, I kind of was starting more hockey advantage. Uh, you know, I remember I was like, I was 13 years old and, uh, I was assistant coaching a might team and, you know, I felt like I was a superstar, but, um, I, uh, I remember it's hard, I, it's, it's hard to feel like a superstar when all the kids are the same height as you. <laughs> so I was, I was having, you know, I was, I remember I would buy ice from one of my coaches and my, my parents would have to drive me to the rink and I would run like a clinic for like six or seven mites. And, you know, I just, I, I was just, I loved it. I was, it was so much fun to work on, you know, coming up with a practice plan. And then, you know, at the end of the season, uh, a couple of the parents, you know, just said wonderful things. Just, you know, you know, my kid loves playing for you or he's, he looks up to you so much, just stuff like that, that, you know, I wouldn't have realized that that made such a big difference. You know, I was, I was 13, 14 years old. I was like, all right, this is cool. I get to do this and lead the charge. But then seeing that you make a difference and then kind of remembering when I played that, you know, there were so many coaches that I looked up to and I, you know, I thought they were just superheroes. Uh, at such a young age so I think you know I think it for me it was just getting to see the difference that you're making in a in a player's career but also in their life that you get to you know teach them so many different things and um, you know I think that hockey players I think all you know the majority of hockey players are well-mannered and, and they learn how to to truly be kind of good people just from the game yeah and I think you know, hockey's hockey's one of those sports where you know, there's a debate like, can you, does hockey, you know, make you have better character and things like that. But I mean, I, I truly believe it does. I mean, it's, it touches on so many things that relate to, to life and, and, you know, the experiences you have and the, 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 the trials of, you know, a, through a season that you go through and the grind, it's like, it, it can prepare you for a lot more than just, you know, what happens on the ice. Um, but w- one thing you, you touched on there, and I want to go back to is, you know, you get that feedback from parents and, you know, I don't have a kid. I, 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 still, I don't think you have a kid, nope. but, you know, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think, you know, there's parents, you know, and you know, we'll never understand it until we have our own, but you know what it's like to have your child, you know, be coached by somebody else. That's not you. And, you know, they can sniff out the BS if you're just there for the money grab, you know, there to just, you know, put the kid through the motions, but, you know, when, when those parents or even a kid, you know, reaches out and says, you know, I really appreciate, you know, taking the time with me and helping me with these things. It's like, it really makes, it makes it worth it knowing that, you know, the parent actually realizes that, 
you're invested in their kid and you're trying to do the right thing. And it's not just, you know, the financial gain. If they're, you know, me and you both, we volunteered before we did anything else, but um, you know, just ha seeing those kids develop and, um, and grow and having the parents realize, you know, you, you actually care for my, my kid and his well being, And I think that goes a long way with parents when they, they can actually see the coach is invested in their, in their child. hundred percent. I, you know, I try and, it, with with war hockey i i've kind of you know i've told the, the people that i'm working with in it and you know i want i want the the players and everybody to know that you know they're they're coming first i i'm a big believer that if you do things right then you know then more people will come out to you you know that's you know if if you do if you you treat everyone the right way you have the right mindset and you know if you care for what you're doing you're not really doing a job Right. You're just you're getting to do what you love. You get to make a difference in so many players careers and lives. And, you know, that's what's fun for me is getting right. to see the difference that you make. And then also trying to to <laughs> to get them to move on to the highest level they can. I mean, there's there's one player that I've um, it, it's so crazy. He was he was in learn to skate when I was helping learn to skate when I was 12 years old. And, you know, now he skates with me in the summers and he's playing um in the usphl the the top league the ncdc um it's just it's crazy how full circle it comes and um you know still getting to work with him is it just it blows me away yeah it's it's awesome when you hear those those stories and seeing that progression um but since we're we've touched on it a couple of times um so war hockey advantage and we'll put it in the the show notes and, and link it in case anybody wants to check it out um it's based in Chicago, but um, if you want to talk about kind of what, what that company um, is, is it just you um, and kind of the, the services that, that you offer? Yeah. So um, like I said, I was, I was younger and um, you know, my parents were kind of teaching me how to be a businessman at the same time. So uh, when I was 12, I started it and, you know, I kind of had it drop off a little bit just cause I was going to school and um, going to college, playing juniors. And then, uh, in 2020 i started it full-time back up and it's basically all it's a you know skills program um primarily in the summer i train players all the way from you know mites to to professional hockey you know, kids that are playing uh, in europe professionally um so the the big kind of i guess um thing that we do is we have junior skates so uh, two, three times a week, we're doing junior skates that have NCAA Division One professional players, U18 AAA players, uh, high-level junior hockey players, anything across the board, um, you name it, as well as working with collegiate girls, hockey players, high school. Um, so it's, you know, for me, it's just a lot of fun getting to be on the ice and working with different groups. Um, but our whole focus is trying to develop each player that comes through, right? There's no one specific thing that is going to work for every single player. So, you know, what I want to try and do is create, uh, you know, high level skate. You know, I'm a big believer in players need to be moving. You shouldn't be having someone stand still if you're doing a lesson or if you're doing a, a junior skate with a group, um, you got, you got to be constantly going. You don't, you don't need to build, conditioning by just or getting on the line and going down and back right like you know waiting in a corner for two three minutes to do a drill 
isn't getting you better. Um, so I'm a big believer in small areas, you know, working in stations, uh, a lot of game like situations. I, um, you know, we can talk about it all day long. I, I, I hate the drills that you'll never see in a game. You know, I, I'm a big believer that you need to be teaching drills and doing stuff where it's, you can relate it to a game and explaining it to your players why it's important. Where will you see this in a game? When will this move be effective um, in a game and what situation it will be effective in? Right. And it's not just, you know, you're not just out there for the the ice time. Right. And we have players and, and, you know, coaches in, in Nashville that are, that are still learning, but you know, you go out to a rink in Nashville and it's just like this kids are standing in line and a kid's going for, you know, maybe seven seconds. And then the next kid goes and then, after the drills over, he waits for another two minutes. It's like, there's so much wasted ice time. And, you know, especially here, we only have the three or four rinks and it's the ice is so expensive. It's like, you just try to get the most out of that ice time that you can. Um, and the to kind of build off this, you know, the, you know, the reason for this podcast is, um, you know, one for me, it's a good way to get information out to, to people, but um, it's also to, to share stories and, and what people have gone through. Um, but we do have listeners who, you know, I get some good feedback about, you know, hey, I really like this episode. I learned this. I learned, you know, whatever, you know, can't wait for the next episode. And I think this is a, a big part of this this episode here is, you know, season's over. Now it's summertime um, and where work hockey advantages or advantage does most of their their work. Um, you know, what do you have to if you had to give some advice to parents in, in looking for a summer program um, and, and, you know, kind of if you had any tips on, on what uh, advice you give to a parent about, about choosing, you know, training in their summer. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not, there's plenty of great skills coaches out there. And I think if you talk to a lot of them, they will tell you, you know, this guy's great. You know, like we're not in a business where it's, you know, you should only skate with me. I, I, I love that kids are skating with different guys, getting different feedback. Everybody has something that they're really strong at, right? Like I feel I, I do a lot of um, drills that are based around skating and constantly moving their feet, um, you know, where someone else may be really good at working on stick handling. So I think it's finding a skills coach that one has the, the criteria for, for your player to develop the most. But, you know, I think staying away from – there's there's some skills coaches that are they're really flashy right they have you know the the great marketing tools all that stuff but you know they may only have two coaches out there with 40 kids um you know or they have a couple of you know high school kids that are that are with them i think it's looking at the player to coach ratio that you have on the ice um and looking at are they correcting mistakes are they um you know, stopping drills when they're making a mistake or when they're doing something wrong? Are they going and talking to a player about their rep that they just had? Um, you know, I'm a big believer. And if they're doing it wrong, you got to, you got to immediately shut it down. You got to make sure that it, it like, it's not going to get you any better if you're doing a drill and you're doing it wrong, or if you're doing it half speed, right? I tell every single player that steps on the ice with me that I can't get, I can't help you get better if you're not going to put in the work, right? You're coming out, you're putting in the effort to get here. So match that, put in a hundred percent effort and I'm going to do the same for you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm coming in with a practice plan. I'm coming in 
um, with a mindset that I, you know, these are the drills we're going to go through every single thing we're going to get, you know, we're going to do this, this, and this and using video as well. I think video is a huge tool that is awesome to use even in drills because, you know, I've, I've seen it at all ages, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's my squirts, whether it's, um, you know, college players, they go through a drill and I say, Hey, you know, this kind of, you know, it looks like you're doing this wrong. And they look at me like I have six heads. And then when I take the video and show them, they can actually see it for themselves. Like that's the one thing that I believe is video never lies. Yep. You can't, you can't hide from video. And <laughs> I, I do that with our, our high school team. And sometimes with our peewees, it's like the kids, you know, perceive themselves and how they look on the ice in one way. And then they watch the video and they're like, you know, some of them have never watched themselves on video before, unless it's their, you know, mom showing them a video they took of their game. But some of them are generally surprised that, that that's how they look when they just like skate, you know, yeah. it's, you know, they, they think their knees are bent. They think they're getting that <clears throat> full stride length, but you know, and then they watch them, their legs are going everywhere and they're almost standing straight up. It's, it's, it's so eye opening to watch a kid, watch them themselves, you know, on video and you, you can't hide from, from video. <laughs> And it's, you know, so I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, just making sure you're with a coach that, that really has the passion to, to want to get them better. You know, I, there's, there's great coaches and there's bad coaches, right? All over the place. There's, they're all Mm -hmm. over the world. There's, you know, like I said, it's, you know, away from the the flashiness or the, the, the marketing that they do really watch on the ice, obviously, right? Like they could have a great website, great Instagram you know, post great videos, but when you watch them, they're just standing in the corner or they're just Mm -hmm. blowing a whistle. Right. Like, you know, I, I love being on the ice. I love, you know, I, I always want to have high energy. I mean, I think you, I think, you know, like Mm -hmm. even when I played, that was what I wanted. I was never afraid to, to run my mouth or be excited or get out there and just kind of run wild. Like I want, you know, hockey's an amazing sport, right? Like, as you know, I mean, it's, it's it's the best sport in the world in my opinion and i'm lucky enough to get to do it full time and and be involved in the game in so many different aspects you know take advantage of it and enjoy being out there so i think finding a coach that that really cares about each player and want has a true passion and wanting to develop them that's what you got to be looking for rather than you know this is the big camp that everybody does and it's it's so amazing um, you know, but the coach maybe said three or four words to my kid all week. Right. Right. And, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But, you know, we have, it, I'm sure it happens in Chicago. Um, but you know, here we have, you know, we'll have my, me and myself, we have the 307, um, company that does skates here. Um, and we kind of touch on everything when we're out on the ice. I mean, we just had a hitting clinic. So for our peewees that are moving up to Bantams, so obviously that's a little more, more specialized, um, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, do you think when kids get on the ice, um, they should kind of touch on everything? And I know you mentioned, you know, every drill has a purpose, like how they're going to use this in a game, but just wanted to see your opinion on, you know, we're having a stick handling class. We're having a shooting class. We're having uh, power skating. Um, for me personally, I'm more of the belief of you can do all of those things in one drill not alone just, you know, one hour on the ice. Um, just trying to see if you had an opinion yeah. way on those. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think for the younger guys, you know, they're, mm-hmm. you know, I think for your younger ages, you know, peewees and down, I think that, you know, you can do an all, you know, you can do a shooting clinic, but 
I mean, just like you're saying, every drill that it's going to have, you know, it's even in today's game, you're not doing the traditional stand facing the boards and shoot and then pick another puck, shoot against the boards. Like, you know, you don't stand still and shoot in the game, right? You're always, you know, you're shooting in stride. I think that's, that's one of the biggest pet peeves that I have is when a kid stops and does the big wind up and shoots, like drives me nuts. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm constantly on players about shooting in stride, no stick handling before you shoot. Right. I've seen, fortunately, like, you know, there's some people there that, that, you know, they're demonstrating the drill, they stick handle twice, bring it back and shoot. Like you're never going to get the puck stick handle two or three times and then get it off. You know, the higher level that you get to, you're never even going to get the shot off. Someone's going to get it before you even take that shot to the net. Um, You know, so I think for the younger guys, it's, you know, you can have a focus, right? Like, you know, you can say this is our skate today. The focus is going to be, you know, stick handling. But I think more so than that, you should be, you know, explaining, you know, what kind of like in tight situation, you know, getting out of a corner puck control, right? Like, I think that just the broad term of just a shooting camp isn't really doing anything like working on shooting. um, You know, there could be like, you can say it's a shooting camp, but having different um, subtitles underneath like, like that, like in tight rebounds, um, quick release, anything of that nature. So, um, but I agree with what you're saying. I mean, with the junior skates that we run, it is, I, you know, we start off the first 15 minutes is skating, just all edge work. Um, but again, a lot of it is game situation. So working on just stride length and um, having a puck on your stick and being able to still skate and move at full speed. Uh, and then we get into station work or doing full ice drills that they're constantly having to think, have their head up and moving. Um, and then we end with like a small area game, but it's all high tempo, high pace, not a lot of rest. Um, I'm a big believer that you're, when you're playing in a game, you're not going to be able to think that much, right? Like you got to make a quick decision. You got to know what you're doing with the, right. it's all, or even it's all on instinct. Right. So it's, you know, I want like, that's the kind of atmosphere you create at your skates, that, that quick thinking and being able to make decisions in, in, at the heat of the moment. Yeah, and I think um, and those are all great points you touched on there. And I, I think one of the other advantages of having a, a skills coach or, or attending a, a skills session, uh, something that you would host, is, you know, it's more of that, you know, interpersonal face-to-face interaction where if you're having a team practice and your coach is on the ice with 18 other guys, you know, you're, you're making a move, you know, around a cone or something and shooting the puck. Whereas if you're out in the ice and it's a skill skate, you know, if the defender has his stick, you know, to his his left, you know, or you're trying to go around him, like you can work on those little intricacies of the game of, you know, sliding the puck through his triangle and going around him rather than just, you know, putting your arm down or protecting the puck. It's working on those little things that, you know, a coach may not have time for during the season to stop everybody at, at practice and talk about, you know, where you should have put the puck in, in a particular situation. And I mean, as a, as a defenseman, you know, you do the breakouts, uh, you know, dump the puck in, D to D, you know, breakout, regroup. But there are so many little things that a defenseman can work on um, in one of these skill skates of, you know, shoulder checking, you know, moving your shoulders in a certain way to fake the four checker if you're going to your left or right, you know, cutting the net tight and 
kind of blocking them out. It's just, there's so many little things that attending these things and the, these skill sessions in the summer could, you know, benefit your game and, you know, help you out when your, your season comes back around. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, it, it goes back to just making sure you're with someone that, that you enjoy working with too. Right. Like if you're, you know, that's why I try and make every, every session, you know, it may be hard, but you know, if it's, you know, if it's a drill where I know it's going to suck, maybe I'm mess, you know, especially with the college kids, I'm, I'm letting them know before I like, Hey, it's going to be, <laughs> this one's going to be tough, but you know, we'll battle through it and then we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Like just being able to be open and communicate and, you know, having a personality that makes a huge difference. And, you know, a player's not going to get better if they're out there with someone that they don't enjoy being with. Right. If you're making, if you're making the skate boring or if it's, you know, you're just, you're not making it something fun for the kids to be at, they're not going to want to come back. And they're also not going to want to work. They're not going to get better. You're not going to get better in the game unless you're, you're truly enjoying it. And you want to have that passion to get better. Right. And I think it, it comes back to a coach on, you know, it's, it's your job to obviously help get them better, but it's also your job to, to make it fun for them. Like they have to want to get better, but at the same time, you got to be putting, putting out something or a product that kids want to be a part of. Right. And just like the parents I mentioned earlier, the, the kids can pick up on if you're invested in it or not. Right. I mean, if you're just showing up for a skate and you're doing the same drills every time you're out there, it's, it's like, well, what, what are we doing and what am I paying for? It's, you know, adjusting the practice to the kids who are on the ice skill levels. I mean, it happens almost, <laughs> it definitely happens every week during the season. I'll come to the rink with a practice plan or I'll have my, the week after practice plan prepared and then we play games. I'm like, well, we really sucked at this and we should work on this, this practice. And the same thing goes with a player's individual skill level. You know, you get out there and you're doing skating and shooting and you realize the kid can't, you know, turn he, he avoids turning on his backhand side you know to go around a, a pylon or whatever it's it's being able to a skills coach can have that time and adjust the practice plan to you know your player's individual skill set a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent um well jimmy um i know so we touched on the work hockey advantage touched on the the playing career um obviously we i think the skills coach aspect and, and those skates is really going to help um our listeners and and like I said, I've gotten pretty good feedback about our, our previous podcasts and guests, and I don't expect anything less from yours. Um, uh, for our listeners out there, I'll, I'll attach or I'll put a link about the War Hockey Advantage in the, the show notes. Um, so if anyone's interested, they could check it out. You know you're based in Chicago. I got primarily uh, people here in Tennessee are, are listening right now, but uh, you never know. Hockey's a small world. Um, I have a, a player who played for me and now lives in Chicago place for the windy city storm um so um i'll include that information but um jimmy is there anything else you wanted to uh to touch on and, and bring up to our listeners before i ask you your final question no you know i think you know like you said i mean i i love first off i want to tell you i love what you're doing i think that um you know this is this is so needed in the game of hockey there's you know, my parents were one of them. So many parents go through the game that, that don't have much experience in playing hockey, um, you know, or if they do, it's it, the game is changing at such a fast pace. It's so different, you know, obviously now, even for you and me. I mean, I'm coaching um, high school now as well. And, you know, the way that you coach a high school team now is different from when you and I were coaching a high school team together. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's crazy how different the game is and, and what you're trying to work on. But I think, you know, if I could, if I can share anything, my, the biggest thing I would say is you got to find coaches that, that have a vested interest in, in your player, right. Instead of chasing after the biggest name or the biggest league, um, you know, or a title, you know, be somewhere where you're going to be put in a, put in a spot to have success, whether it's summer skills, whether it's your, you know, fall team, whatever the situation may be, it's, it's gotta be the best situation for you and your situation, not, you know, the one path that everybody took. Right. And that's, that's great advice. And I appreciate the, the kind words about the podcast. I mean, we're a little more, um, you know, I, I'm sure I brought it up before, but, you know, spit and chicklets that bring on next NHL guys, hall of famers, and they talk about their lives and stories and things like that. And they're great to hear and they're entertaining and it's, it's fun to hear their stories, but you know, the reality is a lot of us are not going to be at that level and trying to make this podcast and bring on people who are more, you know, in tune with the youth hockey and, you know, the guys who, you know, didn't make it as, as far as those guys you hear about on other podcasts. And that's, that's fine. But if I believe it relates more to, to our listeners and people are more on a, a local level of, um, you know, this is what I could be doing now. And this is what these guys who are in a similar position as me have done or are doing now. So um, no, I appreciate you coming on. I, like I said, I think it's going to be beneficial for a lot of our listeners, but I'll leave you with, with this question, it was going to be, you know, one more thing of advice, but you just hit on that. Um, so my follow-up <laughs> question will be, um, you know, we've had coaches, um, tons of coaches and whether they're assistants or even strength coaches. Um, is there anything that one coach has told you that's, you know, stuck with you and, and kind of resonated with you through your, your coaching career? It could be a quote, just a word of advice. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but wow, that's, that's a heck of a question. Um, man, you're going to have to make me think about it for a second. I think, I don't know if it's, if it's one thing that a coach said, I think just what I gathered from, from all of my coaches and what I try and bring to, to all of my teams, whether it's, you know, the high school, whether it's the um, squirts or when in the summer with the college kids, I think the biggest thing that I can um, that I gathered from all my coaches is that if you're putting in the work and you're not like, if you never stop working in the game, you're going to have success. Like somebody is going to see that, you know, as a scout, as a coach, if I see someone that's busting their butt and constantly moving and putting in the work, you know, you're going to have success. And I think that's, that's kind of something that, that may be getting lost a little bit in our game. I think, you know, there's obviously a huge amount of skill now and, and we're getting away from, you know, the gritty, you know, kind of grinded out type of players, but there's still, there's still that factor of, you know, as much talent as you have, you have to put in the work. If you're not putting in the work, people are going to see right through that. Right. And I, I think that's a great point too. It's just, you know, we, we talk about the on ice stuff, but primarily the stuff we're talking about on this podcast is, you know, things outside the, the glass of the rink, right? What, what can you do? And, and hockey is a small world, even though it's growing, but I mean, I owe a lot to where I am in my professional life and my personal life to playing hockey, not just from the lessons I've learned, but I mean, a big part, it's the people I've met and the people I've learned from. Um, so, you know, every time you're on the ice, you're, you're kind of selling yourself and what you're all about. And you don't want to be the, the player who's not working hard on, 
you know, some days and working hard other days. Um, because the, the reality is even if you're 12 or, or 15 or you're, you know, 21, it's like that coach or that parent of that kid, you know, they could help you professionally too. Um, and, and that's where, I mean, like I said, I, the reason I have the full-time job I have now is through hockey, just from knowing somebody. Um, so outside the, the rink and um, hockey can get you to different spots um, just from, just from playing the game. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same for me. I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to do what I do. And um, you know, I'm in, you know, I love, I love what I do. I love coaching. I love doing the skills and um, selfishly I'll, I'll say we have a uh, we are going to do a camp this summer through Warwick Hockey, June 26th through the 30th with uh, Meister Bantams. But, you know, it's I mean, even just doing that stuff, it's it's so much fun to get to work with kids that you can tell want to get better at hockey and just seeing the the excitement and the passion that that kids have for the game. It's it's just unlike any other sport. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, Well, again, uh, Thank you, Jimmy, for coming on the Walk the Line podcast. Um, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good information there, and uh, I know our listeners will enjoy learning uh, from the podcast and, and picking a few things um, to maybe make some decisions this summer. But um, again, I'll put the Warwick Hockey Advantage link in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Um, but Jimmy, thanks again for for coming on the Walk the Line podcast. Absolutely, anytime, Greg. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, you have a good summer, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. All right, bye. Once again, I'd like to thank Jimmy for coming on the Walk the Line podcast. Hopefully our listeners got a lot of information out of that episode. Uh, obviously talked about his career, but the main takeaways I think um, everyone could could gather from that episode is the skills coach, the importance of if you choose to have a skills coach is finding one that fits and has your best interest um, at heart. Um, obviously, a lot of different skills coaches out there, a lot to pick from and we just discussed the key is is finding one that fits your play style and is in it for the right reasons um hope you guys enjoyed if you have any uh suggestions for upcoming episodes please please email 307sports.hockey at gmail.com and everybody have a great rest of your week